Your attention, please. This is Edgar Perez. We're back for a Friday episode. I'm here alongside Lee's. What to do, baby? We also have another guest in studio. His name is David. What up, David? Yo, yo. And the uh, another guest, which uh, you've heard him here before. The triumphant return. Michael Bowling. <laughs> I feel like the prodigal son or some shit. The people have been asking. They're They've been wondering. Worried. They're worried, man. People were getting worried. I told them at one point you were in Alaska hunting wolverines, and uh, they were concerned. Real bad diarrhea. They put your if, face if, on a milk carton. Yeah, if I ever end up in Alaska, you should be worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're obviously away from the podcast, and I mean, we we all know why here, but it's your business, and we didn't want to put your stuff out there like that, so we're bringing you back to see where you've gone, man. Yeah, man, I, I just took a new job, so I'll be leaving Stadium, and uh, I'm taking an app strategist job for BR Betting. And yeah, I mean, I was just going through the interview process and you know, nailing down that job. Super excited. Um, as you guys know, and our listeners know, I love to bet. So put out some content, help, you know, activate on social on all things betting. And hopefully you guys follow and, and let's get this fucking bread, man. <laughs> it's nothing's changed. How can we follow you? You can download the BR community in there uh, and it's going to be a betting community only so whenever you have bad beats whenever you have picks whenever you have any thoughts in regards to gambling uh, just throw your thoughts in there I think the app's really really well done and you know it feeds you information about games a lot of meme content you know having fun with it so it's not really going to tell you what to bet and how to bet it's just going to be like a community where you can kind of just like talk through bets with uh, your friends and, and some people you don't know and now that we out the hood, are you going to be buying us stuff in Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> if I understood how to do that, maybe. But I have no idea what Bitcoin does, Some, how to buy it, where to get it. Something about blockchain, bro. I don't, I don't know. know any of that shit. <laughs> I think you just hold it. I'm not even sure that people that have it hold? use it for anything. Like I'm still, yeah, hold, I'm still waiting for my Dogecoin to go to the moon. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even there yet. It's on like 83rd right now. <laughs> How much can better I than our sixty? <laughs> Bowling's online right now. We got him. We got him streaming in through the computer. But boy, I'm telling you, you should have been here because we got hooked up by our guys over at uh, 47th Street Bistro with some killer food for dinner. Fire emoji. Fire emoji. Lee's had the burger and fries. That shit was insanely tender. The fries were exactly how I like them. Just the right level of crispy with the right level of salt as well. So they were they were fucking good as hell. It's like the second time I've ordered food. Every time. I've ordered from there. It's been fire. And David, you had the Mexican beef, man. How was that? Man, it's better than the the combo I usually get at uh at Bona. So, <laughs> yeah, it's high right pra- up there. It's high praise there, man. And I went with the fried chicken deluxe sandwich. I'm not going to lie, man. You know how all that hype happened around the Popeye's chicken sandwich? People were getting into fights and, like, literally stabbing people. Mm-hmm. To get the fucking sandwich. You have a pen in your hand right now, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm actually holding it like a knife, too. I don't know why, but I mean, I already... in prison no more, man. I already ate the sandwich, so I'm not sure why I'm getting like defensive about it, but, bro, I'm telling you, that thing was fucking good. It was really good. So you got to follow our guys over at 47th Street Bistro. You can look it up on Instagram. It's literally 47th Street Bistro. Whenever you're in the area, they go live. I mean, if you 
if you check out their site, they let you know when they're open. You can just place an order, and it's it's all carry out only. So you place the order, and then you swoop by and pick it up. And trust me, it's going to be some of the best food you've had. Yeah, I can't wait to try it, man. Yeah, Everything sure. that I've seen on the Instagram account looks just like delicious. So I'll definitely be uh, checking that out soon. Shout out Los, the chef. He's absolutely killing the game with the different things that he actually tries out when it comes to his food. And the cool thing is that he actually posts thing that things that are going to come out on the menu in the future for, as Instagram posts, as Facebook posts. So you kind of get a sneak peek of what you're what you'll be able to order during the weekend. Yeah. That's like, how I picked my food, man. The picture, you know, it looks so good. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to get that. You eat with your eyes, man. That's that's half the battle right there. It's like Cheesecake Factory where they have a picture and there's like 140, <laughs> 40 something pages. <laughs> But that's pretty much how everyone's deciding where they want to eat these days. Like if you're trying to try something new, you go on Instagram and look and see you know, what items you can get, what people are saying. Like I don't even think people are doing Yelp anymore. Like you're just going to Instagram and saying like, damn, that shit looks good. So let me try it. You can literally order whatever you want and just have yourself a feast, man. But you know who else is feasting? <laughs> Cubs, uh, Cubs batters on Pirates pitching for one day. <laughs> Yeah, they they tally the same, I don't know what you're talking about. Man. The same amount of hits as it was your a great man. game. Cubs win four to two. <laughs> <laughs> Cubs win four to two over the Pirates. They uh, mustered up eleven hits, which was insane. Uh, if you've been watching Cubs games lately, Bowling, I know you are the go to. I don't know how you're so positive with this team. And to be honest, if, if we recorded this podcast yesterday after that series. Um, I'd have a little different tone, but seeing him today made me feel a little better. But from your experience, man, why does this team flip off the the on-off switch so much when it comes to their hitting? I just think that a lot of the guys in the lineup are feast or famine guys. And what that means is when it's going really good, it's amazing. And when it's going bad, it's literally pathetic. So, you know, you're, you're expecting guys that are potential 25 to 35 homer guys to hit within the margins and a lot of times they don't. I mean, I think the Cubs still lead the entire league and swing and miss this year. They had the lowest batting average of any team coming into today. So it was nice to see them get 11 hits and kind of move the ball around, but they won the game on home runs. You know, they got one from Javi, they got one from Chris and they got one from Riz. And that ended up being the, the, the difference in the game. So I think that it's too early to panic, but it's hard to tell Cubs fans that these days because I feel like the last few years have been all the same. So I understand the concern. It's just about getting these guys locked in, getting them comfortable, and hopefully you know, getting back to being a powerhouse offense, which, I mean, I think they have the talent to do it. It's just you know, making sure you're stringing together hits and not leaving guys on base all the time. Do you think the change in the, in the lineup today kind of – kind of set things up because Hap didn't actually play today, did he? No, he came in to pinch hit, or he came in a double switch, but I don't know. I personally love having Chris Bryan in the two-hole, and he's actually been, like, the best surprise of anyone this year early. I mean, I, everybody knows how much he struggled last season, and to have him have two homers already, a bunch of walks, a, f- a few extra base hits, like, it's encouraging. Maybe it is just because he's completely healthy, but... Contract year, baby. I don't think... <laughs> Yeah, man, a lot of these guys' contracts are coming up, so you would think they'd have a lot more urgency even early. But, you know, I, I liked what I saw in Jock over the spring, and I think he was probably pressing the last few games. He got a knock today, too. So I think it's going to take a little time. 
Um, but it's a lot of the usual suspects that, you know, we're going to look to, to, to carry this offense. So hopefully they snap, hopefully today is the start of a, a decent hitting streak for these guys. Cause I know that they want to perform well. It's just, you know, they got to limit strikeouts and do things with runners on base. That is one thing that I was kind of pissed about the fact that Jack actually went to the Cubs for less money than the White Sox offered him. And I know, <laughs> I know it was probably the fact that he kind of priced himself out and, it was like later on in free agency, and that was probably one of his last choices. But yeah, I felt like he was a perfect fit, and I I have been saying that depth is going to be something that the White Sox are going to have to have, and it's even being tested right now. Yeah. So having Jack on the on the White Sox would have been clutch instead of having fucking Larry Garcia and shit playing. Well, I think with Jock, <laughs> they just they just prompt the Cubs just promised him playing time. an opportunity to play every day. Yeah, I think everyone else was just trying to you know platoon him yeah and you would think that that's a reason why he wants to hit 35 homers this year and and be a guy that can hit lefties and not be a platoon guy because on a one-year deal for the amount of money he's making i mean there was a couple years back you know he was talked about as a potential mvp candidate before the season like he had some really good years with the dodgers and I don't, I don't see him reaching that potential anymore but he can definitely be a corner outfielder for a, a really good team so I'm curious to see if, you know, if the Cubs end up sputtering and not really in it, like he's going to be a guy that might be a valuable trade piece to someone over the, uh, before the trade deadline. Do you expect that from the Cubs? No, I think that the way that the NL Central set up, I think it's going to be an all out bloodbath. And I think everyone not named <laughs> the Pirates is going to have a chance to win the division. So unless it's catastrophically bad, which I don't foresee. I don't think they're going to sell anyone, but I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch once we get to late May, early June, because you got a lot of guys that are coming up in contract years. And if you don't intend to sign them back, you know, you want to get something of value in a trade. So keeping my eyes on Chris, keeping my eyes on Jock and, and some of those guys that haven't, you know, reached extensions yet. All right. So we, we were talking about this last week when, um, with my brother, if of the three guys that are on contract years right now or of the three main core guys that are on contract years right now who would you rather bring back that's exactly what i was about to ask you had to bring in two bring back two of the three i think this is the unpopular way i get to pick two of the three yeah if you, if you gotta pick between you you can rank one two three if you want sure okay so i think that the most important guy and i think this is unpopular is chris just because he's more versatile i think he he could translate later in his career to a corner outfielder. And we have a bunch of infield prospects that are going to be hopefully coming up in the next three to five years. And I think he understands that his last few years haven't been great. So barring like a monster MVP type season for him, you might still be able to extend him on the cheap, not on the cheap, but like for less than what you might've thought he was going to get a few years ago. And then personally, I would say Javi. Because Javi has versatility defensively, and he's a butts and seats guy. Everyone loves him here. And that makes me the oddball because everyone in the world wants to see Rizzo extended, including myself. You backstabbing but son of a bitch. When you take into account his health issues, like he's got a bad back, and he doesn't really play like a premium position defensively, even though he's really damn good over there. I think when you prioritize the future, you kind of have to look at Rizzo as maybe being that odd man out, unless 
you can get him to sign another team-friendly deal, which to me is absurd because he already signed one. So if he wants more money somewhere else, I think you probably are better off business-wise letting him walk versus overpaying him like you pay a guy like Goldschmidt. Because he's not Goldschmidt, but he's a fan favorite, and a lot of people like him. And, you know, I don't know. That's I don't envy that decision-making because that's a really tough call. Don't you think with this team and how they've handled kind of their their uh, their books, how is it going to be possible that they that they could re-sign both Chris Bryant and Javi? Or do you think like their well, their the last couple of years of them performing is going to you know cause them to bring that number down some? I think the number is coming down. I mean, we saw Lindor got three forty or three fourteen something like that, and after twenty seventeen, you probably thought Javi was going to be in that name neighborhood or wanted to be in that neighborhood but i think with the book being out on both of them i think that javi probably gets somewhere around 130 125 million over five or six years and chris probably a little less years and more value so maybe like four years and 160 million but he's got both of them have to have really good years this year otherwise their number is going to be too high and you know, you never want to go to the table low. I'm using air quotes like lowballing your guys, but they also have to be realistic about what they've accomplished. You know, in years after the World Series, I think that they all probably thought winning the World Series and then going back to the uh, to the NLCS the year after they'd be made in the shade and the checks were just going to pay themselves. But when you look at it and you look at the numbers, they haven't done themselves a lot of favors recently. And I don't. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying that. The numbers tell you what some of these guys are getting, and Javi Baez is not Frank, Francisco Lindor, and you know Rizzo's not Goldschmidt, and you know I, I would say Chris is probably the one with the most potential to to continue being strong for the rest of the, his career and consistent. Look, well, money talks, and you see how the Cubs handled uh, Chris Bryant. You don't think that there's mm-hmm. going to be uh, some kind of motivation there to kind of get away with, from the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it really, it really just ma- what matters is whether or not they're willing to listen to lower contract prices or contract offers. And if they're going to the table saying I deserve this, then you know we're going to have a lot of sad Cubs fans because things are changing. But the reality is, this is a business and. Like I said earlier, I don't envy the people that have to make those decisions. But, I mean, it's not always going to be how you want. And I do also believe that there's more money than we've let on. But, you know, that's not my money. So it is what it is. And I hope that, you know, at least two of those guys end up staying. But to be frank, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they all took the shit all the way down to the wire because they de- they believe they deserve money and, and I'm never – we're going to say somebody should ask for less. You know, if you have an opportunity to get more money elsewhere, yeah. more power to you. Yeah, I feel like Javi's not going to accept a, yeah. a deal like that. I feel like he's the type of guy really? that's yeah. I feel like he's yeah. the type of guy that's going to be like, I I want to make sure that I get paid. I don't know why. Maybe it's the flashiness, and most of the time those guys are dickheads. So, <laughs> like, let's be honest. Here's, <laughs> here's what I know about Javi. Javi is very very content with his quality of life at this point. I don't think you ever see him like out at clubs or out doing crazy shit. From what I've understood, he's, 
yeah, he's got a family. He's got a couple kids now. Like he just likes to chill at his house and do his thing. And maybe that lends itself to understanding that he might not get as much as, you know, he initially thought he was, but the only one that worries me is Rizzo because he did sign a team friendly deal. So I don't blame him if he wants much more money, you know, the number that they threw out there was five years and 70 million, which I believe is a slap in the face, but it can't be that much more. Like I would do maybe four years and 92 million because you're getting more AAV, but he's not Paul Goldschmidt. And that's, it is what it is. I mean, he's one of the best in first baseman in the league. He's probably up there as a, you know, all timer cub, but that guy got, you know, 150 something million dollars and he, he hasn't produced the same way. So but didn't he get I, that, it's like, kind, kind of sounding like I'm bashing him, but it's just real. Like, you know, you got to temper your expectations based on the market, and the market can't always tell you that you're going to get this max amount of money. Didn't Goldschmidt get that deal like three years ago? And I'm guessing that contracts have gotten bigger and bigger from that time frame. So even if it's not worth it, I think the the value of contracts are. I mean, they always go up. Like they always say, for in the NFL, the QB, the last QB to get the contract is the highest paid player ever. You know. So I feel like it's going to be yeah, and that and, and the difference there though is the COVID year. Like I think that is going to affect kind of how they. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe front offices are using it as like a, a crutch or like a scapegoat. But I know that people didn't want to spend money last year, and it's affected the books for this year. That's why you saw a bunch of free agents not sign or sign late. Dude, it'd be so awesome. So if I don't you know. Guys- I mean, I think the market has changed a little bit. It'd be so awesome if you guys offered like the same contract as Machado, the White Sox did to Machado, where they're just like with all the incentives, all the incentives. <laughs> like, yeah, the size of the contract is for three hundred million, but you have to play one hundred sixty-five regular season games, right? Which is absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> so you kept referring to uh, to Paul Goldschmidt here. I just looked up the top MLB first baseman salaries. Goldschmidt comes in at num- at number two with twenty-six mil. I don't think you guys could guess twenty-six mil for Pujols. God damn it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let's go. Man, what is he? Uh, Albert Pujols makes like $30 million this year. 41-year-old? He's 41, yeah. Yeah, they backloaded his deal, which I'm, I have my eyes on this Angels game right now. And if I was one of the Angels guys, I would be like, yo, we definitely tweaked. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I actually think his contract also has like an additional five years or three years as like batting coach or something, something weird like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like he can be an advisor something like that. For the for the organization or something that comes with like this massive salary. When's that contract? I mean, over? if he wants to be the if he wants to be the hitting coach, who's gonna tell him no? It's gonna be hard to tell him no. His contract is gonna be over ten years before Bobby Bunia's. <laughs> yeah, this is his last year on that contract. <laughs> well, I, I think the Cardinals got lucky yes. and did not uh, keep Pujols for that uh, that monster deal he wanted. They let uh, they let him walk to the Angels. I I don't think they ever regretted that. No, hell no. Yeah, no. That contract Not was terrible. Yeah, no way, no way. I offer him that. I mean, he's good, but what he did with the Angels is nowhere near what he did with the Cardinals. I mean, he is he is going to be a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer though. Oh, definitely. As mad as but he's going in as a card. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. As mad as Rizzo is, he's still a top ten first baseman salary wise. Although I would be pissed that Eric Hosmer and Chris Davis are getting paid more than him. Man, Chris Davis hasn't Chris been relevant yeah. in like Chris Davis four is years. stealing money, man. Holy shit. He's getting paid $21 million right now. 
And he can't hit a ball out the infield right now. I don't even think he's playing. They're benching him, I think. They need to bench him. He doesn't do a damn thing. He had like four hits last year. <laughs> that reminds me of the other Chris Davis That's from crazy, the crazy, dude. Though. He had literally had like four hits. From the A's where he had like three or four straight years where he had the same exact batting average. It was like Yeah, it was like two forty one or yeah, two something like seven. That. Yeah, I remember that. That yeah, was like three years in a row he had that. They're gonna rename it the Chris Davis line instead of the Mendoza. Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> he did have that one good year though. He did. Which, which got him paid. Yeah, when he when the MLB let him take all that Adderall and shit. Was that what he was like fucking he was remember? fifty home runs? Hitting baseballs and, on Adderall. Yeah, he like literally he, the best thing in the world. That's what he. That's what. That's what he need. Like as soon as like the MLB like told him he couldn't take it, that's when his stats crashed. And he's like, "Bro, I literally need this." this. So w- would anyone be mad if the entire league took Adderall? No. Uh, I would wear sunscreen. I think again. they would be. Hello, bowling. Yo, did you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh no, I was saying they wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad, but I think they might be mad. I feel like it'd make the product better. G. Like. You would see people painting the corners like a motherfucker. <laughs> it's like that Chappelle skit where they're like, "Yeah, give everybody." They need steroids. to give it to the yeah. fucking umpires. The Australian today. Oh yeah, the umpires need it for sure, man. Those motherfuckers can't. It's so it's so bad, man. It's comically bad nowadays. I I can't wait. I can't wait for the fucking electronic strike. Zone. They know it's coming. They know it. Yeah, but you guys are advocating the loss of jobs how fucking dare you no they they can, they, they can still stand there for <laughs> like you know it. to to yeah. call people out to get foul tips to the groin <laughs> <laughs> but even with that they still need replay to make sure their out calls they're safe and out calls are right but just don't don't let them call the strike zone it, they're in a bad position anyway half of them can't see because they're old as fuck and like and no, I, no. I know it's old news, but for the NHL a couple of weeks ago, there was a referee that got caught on mic saying, hey, I actually have to make a makeup call because I fucked up this call in the first period. I am a thousand percent sure that ums do that for fucking calling balls. All and the time. Oh, yeah. They all them one. Yeah. But I mean, but they do that in basketball, too. I mean, in no league do they outwardly say it until that guy got caught. But like, we all know that's a thing. But but in baseball, it's weird because there's a ton of difference between like a 2-1 count and a three or i mean a two two count and a three one count you know stuff like that yeah it's true like it completely changes the batter's approach and whatnot so it like one strike can literally alter a sequence of events i'm not going to say the entire game but a sequence of events to be able to actually let check compound on a team yeah at least for that half inning right for sure it's a lot easier in basketball oh damn i call that foul let it go next time you know i'll just pass it to lebron yeah. next time <laughs> Bowling, talk to me about Nerfies, man. Nerfies, brother, the, the funnest bets ever, man. You're trying to get guys to not score in the first inning. It's a fucking rush. You guys, you're trying to get nerfies? this money before dinner. Basically, never heard that before. I've, you you I've, never heard of Nerfies? I've, I haven't heard that term, but I have heard of the no one score first inning. It was a bad yeah, day for Nerfies for me today. Whaley day. Is there something you look for when when uh, when going after Nerfies in specific games? Yeah, I look for weather. If winds winds blowing in, that's a good sign. Um, you definitely want to target uh, pitching matchups with aces. So, like, opening day didn't treat everyone great, but those are the days you want. Like, the best pitchers on the mound. Like, I remember last, maybe it was two years ago, it was like DeGrom versus Scherzer and Cole versus Verlander or whatever the hell it was. And you just expect that these guys are going to mow them down, especially early in the year. Um, so yeah, cold weather, good pitchers. And then, you know, sometimes you just got to look at lineups like today for, 
uh, Cubs and Pirates. I didn't bet it, but you know, I figured if the Cubs had a sh- slow first inning, the the first three batters in the Pirates game were all slapdicks. So it's just like, well, we might as well just throw it in there because baseball is too random to say, you know, this pitcher who's bad just won't be good that day. But you know, you just take your chances with guys who are pretty good. Maybe lineups that don't have a lot of speed at the top. Um, you know, in case somebody gets walked and a guy hits a double in the gap, like we're not expecting Albert Pujols to come around and score on a single. So, uh, yeah, those are some of the things that I look for. And, you know, just making sure I target the right pitching matchups. The Nerfy game was not never, was not never good them in Coors Field. Never, ever, ever. Oh, ever. no, no Coors Field? All right, let me write that down. <laughs> no, nope. really writing it down. Coors. Yeah, look, no Coors. Are you talking about beer? Only, only lights. Any, I mean, like, all, only th- lights. <laughs> the mountains all three are of blue, you guys boys. could run into a home run at Coors Field. I guarantee it. The mountains are blue, though, man. Come on. <laughs> now, honestly, I had never heard that term, but I have seen that a lot on Twitter. A lot of uh, no no score first uh, inning. So, nerfy. Okay. Yeah, get, get with the terminology, man. I would, go that does, I would expect that to happen a lot, though, right? In baseball? What? No, no scoring in the first? Well, I went 0 for 4 today, so it's uh, <laughs> that definitely didn't happen with Yerman, baby. Let's go. It's a little more common than uh, I, I thought, but yeah, that was one of them. The Sox, yeah. I had a nerfy on the Sox and uh, Mankata. Who was Mankata? They hit the first home run. Yeah, two two run home run. Yeah, and then yeah, the, and then the, the greatest goal. hitter of all time, of course, I'm... he's gonna have a statue in front of every fucking. Can we talk stadium. about Yerman? Were you on that train right away? Were you just? Were you? Just, were you just yeah, excited I for Yerman? I'll tell you why. So after college, I went out to Palm Springs and I played in this like developmental like exposure showcase league. And essentially it was like, if you played well, you could sign with like an independent league team. And I was lucky enough to sign and I got to play here in Schaumburg. But one of the leagues that you could go to was the Pecos league. And the Pecos league has like a, there's like a Fox documentary on it where it's like, you stay in people's houses. Some people like slept in their cars. You play these games and you get paid like 60 bucks every couple weeks. Like it's literally the most dog shit league ever. But like some guys that get released from double a for smoking pot or, you know, whatever you end up playing there just to get reps. And Yerman's story is like, he ended up playing in that league. And like, I'm like, anybody that's played in that league and didn't decide that they didn't want to do this shit anymore, I'm going to root for them. Like, it is such a fucking grind. You're playing in Colorado and Arizona, you're riding on these cheap-ass buses. Sometimes you're riding in vans. Like, the fact that he was able to play in that, come out of that, and then get an actual shot to play in the bigs and then start his career eight for eight, like, you could write a fucking movie about that kind of shit. Yeah, and that's actually what I said on Tuesday's podcast. The fact that I feel like the winners of the weekend, including Monday, were Yerman and Trevor Williams. Is his name for the Cubs? Because his dad was actually out, and they showed him at in the stands with the the scoring sheet, and he actually had written on there, you know, first game shit like that. But Yerman's story is fucking awesome, and every time he comes up to bat, they show it basically that he was in three different organizations, that he's been in like minor league or pro ball for ten years, and he actually finally stuck on this team um, after his first game where he went five for five. I just fucking fanboyed out, and I just started 
sending shit to the group chat talking about a urinator and shit like that. <laughs> and your your team has been urinated. But dude, he's actually a good hitter. It's not even Obviously, he's not going to be hitting 600 for the rest of his career, unless. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, but he's not going to be hitting 600. But he he is a competent hitter, and he's good enough to be able to be in someone's lineup. And the excitement that he brings, like, it's something that baseball needs. It's fucking one random guy, one uh-huh. really good story. And I'm pretty sure when he hit that home run, the fucking fans in there went nuts. Moonshot. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. 485 feet and that, for his home run. That home run looked violent as shit. He swung and, like, my hip went out. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? He's uh Yeah, 29. I mean, like, that's... He's 28. Th- those, are, those are the stories that baseball needs, man. Like, I, I wish that, like, more kids understood that getting to the big leagues is literally nearly impossible. Like, you have to go through so many hoops, and the fact that he took, like, the road less traveled by a 1,000, like... It's unbelievable. And 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 I, I always want to put this in perspective. Like, it's one thing to get to the bigs. It's another thing to get to the bigs and then just literally rake immediately. Like, he clearly wasn't fucking nervous. He clearly was just like, this is my shot. I got to take, you know, my opportunity. And all he did was fucking hit. Like, he was a big part of those games. And, you know, whatever whatever they want to say about when people come back and are healthy, like, you know, there might be some tough decisions, but they need to ride out this Mercedes train as long as they can. I mean, he's got people, he's got national people talking about him because his start to his career took forever and it's just been, you know, the historic. Like, it's, it's a great story. I remember uh, spring training, it must not have been last year, but the year before. He was doing good. I didn't know who he was, but I saw his stats and they, they were looking real good. He didn't make the team, but I figured, you know, I'm not a scout. What do I know, you know? But I remember him having good numbers, so I guess they gave him a shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's because they tried him out at catcher, and the Sox have been surprisingly deep at catcher recently. In the past few years, they've had McCann, they have Collins now. They signed Yaz last year. So I think they've just been pretty well-equipped at catcher, and they were just like, fuck it, we need his bat, we're going to put it out there. And you know what? Maybe Eloy being hurt and us needing a little bit more firepower may have been his intro to the league, and that's what's going to keep him a stick. The only thing you said at yourself, Bowling, is the fact that you were like, let's ride it out for as long as we can. That is the one thing that scares me about him. Once he hits a slump, is he going to be able to actually change things and be able to maneuver out of that slump? Um, They keep talking about his, his approach. He's very calm, and he doesn't really jump out with his lead leg like a lot of people do he kind of just keeps his feet planted and that's kind of consistent but you know sometimes it's mental like you suck ass for a week and you might be done yeah he likes to yeah that's that's definitely the the concern um but one thing i'll say about a guy who's been in all kinds of independent leagues and coming up like he's playing house money right now like i'm sure Get just being in a clubhouse where you're eating good meals after the game and playing <laughs> with guys that are bigs, like it, it's probably the greatest thing that's ever. I mean, it's obviously the greatest thing that's ever happened. So if he gets into a slump, I, I see him being a guy that's like, I'm not going to press. This is, you know, I know I'm good at this. I've gotten to this point. Like I could see him not having very long slumps, but 
I mean, I think it could be expected that eventually the book is out on him. He's going to struggle a little bit, but maybe not. I mean, it's hard to say. He's hit everything in sight in his first few games. So who knows? Maybe they just found a diamond in the rough. I, I don't know how old he is, but if he ends up being great, that's going to be one of the better stories of the last decade on the South side. He's a 28. So I'm guessing you're penciling him in for like 400 batting averages the rest of the year. <laughs> How many years do you have to play and hit 400 to be qualified for the Hall of Fame? Like five? 400? If you hit five. <laughs> if you hit 400, 400 over five. Fucking two years. You that, I was about to say, like, if you probably do that for two years, you probably got an automatic. What's the, what's the record? Uh, Teddy Baseball, uh, 406, something like that? Yeah, and that hasn't happened in how long? Like, Who's the closest? Uh, Tony Gwynn? But I think? see, I, I, really, I really see it like it's some of the old writers being like, all right, well, he did it for two seasons, but like, is this really a thing? But by the time, because you know how baseball historian are, it's so stupid. By the time, I mean, I would put him up, in after one year of hitting four hundred. Fuck that. By the time that he'd be up for the Hall of Fame, they'd all be dead, bro. <laughs> yeah, we got the new blood. We'll have the new blood coming in. Says, uh, yeah, they'll have Michael Bowling voting in from Bleacher Report. What you talking about, baby? That would be great because the only gripe I have with the game of baseball is that everyone that has any power is old as fuck, and they need to just get rid of them. Would you put in the guys with, that did steroids? Yes, 100%. Yeah. They're the only reason why we like it. Oh, <laughs> good point. That's <laughs> the truth. Shit. I mean, when I was deciding what I wanted to play as a kid, I was watching Sammy Sosa. Like, if Sammy Sosa was just trash, I probably wouldn't like baseball as much as I do. You want to run out with that flag? Hell yeah, dude. He'd, be eating, he'd be eating Big Macs and be a Cardinals fan right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather just, like, be a lacrosse guy. Damn. That's a fucking straight I don't want shot anything to lacrosse, man. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with St. Louis. That place is so trash. Greatest fans in the league. <laughs> I love that. That shit makes me laugh every time. <laughs> no, but I mean, t- today's, well, I guess yesterday when the show comes out, the the pitching was actually awesome from fucking Lance Lynn because we didn't have to see the bullpen, guys. We didn't have to see our scary-ass bullpen. <laughs> Low pinch count, man. Uh, that helps. Yeah, and I, I feel like the... Let me ask you something, Lee. Are you worried about the bullpen at all? I'm actually not. I like just think long-term? it's no. I think it's the beginning of the year. I feel like Bummer actually came back from injury. Um, I think that's why he's been a little bit shaky. I think. I mean, Tony Larusa even called himself out for keeping Foster in there for too long on Wednesday's game. So my thing is like I feel like the bullpen is actually one of our strong suits. Unfortunately, knock on wood. The other Elicio is a fucking mush. Mush. And he's I'm glad like, you learned that now. <laughs> and he said that the fucking bullpen is like the best part of our team and now they're pitching like me and shit. So so when I heard that podcast <laughs> and he was on there, I was like, No, why do you have to say that? Yeah, so, boy, if you if you didn't listen back to it, that was I think last Friday's episode, right? Mm-hmm. Two Fridays ago we had uh, the the other Elicio, one of our other guys. And uh mm-hmm. he has a reputation where um he roots for something, and the opposite tends to happen almost every time. <laughs> it's not even with his own favorite teams. He could literally just be picking a game, like a big matchup, and he's like, oh, I got this team, and then they just lose. And then everybody fades them? Pretty much, yeah. So now we know to bet the five innings lead for the White Sox and just get the bullpen out of there? Well, the good thing about the Sox <laughs> is they got the, the the flame bros. True. Copic. Yep. And they're they're pretty much holding it down right now, but like I, like you said, you know, hoping uh, Bummer comes back. Hendricks, you know, he's a beast, so they they should be fine. 
Yeah, Kopech has been pitching like really, a motherfucker. Really good. Yeah, he pitches angry, and he hasn't thrown. He should be angry, yet. man. He 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 was hurt. Then he had a whole last year out for personal his reasons. His girlfriend, yeah, his fiance, whatever the hell it was. I don't know. I I don't know what it was. But if if that were me, and I didn't have to play, I didn't play for two years. I would pitch angry as hell. Yeah, I think he has what four innings pitched with like one hit and no walks. And like six Ks or something like that. Yeah, man, the stuff plays. I wonder if they're going to keep him as a bullpen guy, but I don't know. That's a decision they'll have to make. I think personally, his demeanor and the way he throws and his stuff is just like like perfect to be a a relief pitcher. But obviously, I'm sure he wants to be a starter. So it's a good problem to have. And I think that the Sox have quite a few of those good problems these days. So hopefully, they uh, get that bullpen figured out and. I'm sure like, Madrigal can stop kicking the ball. In the oh infield. my fucking god! <laughs> oh my fucking god! I'm I'm glad that you said that because the two people that have pissed off White Sox fans the most the past week have been Nick Madrigal and fucking Adam Eaton. Man, the easy plays that they fuck <laughs> up, it's like come on, like, and and that opens the floodgates, especially with a rocky a rocky start to the bullpen. You're giving up an extra out. You're giving up an extra run, and the floodgates open, and we end up losing those games. Yeah, the baseball gods see everything, and I, I learned that hard way. Um, just as a player, you just don't want to give away those outs. Like you want to get every single one of those twenty-seven outs because, like you said, you're taxing the bullpen more. You're adding pitches to these pitch counts that you're trying to keep down. And, you know, with the three batter minimum stuff, like you're kind of just stuck. Like if you kick a ball in the infield, the guy might have to stay in there, and he might be done. So. He's got to clean it up. I don't know if it was ever a problem for him in college. I didn't really follow him too much. I knew his bat would play, but it seems like he's got a lot of learning to do defensively in the infield. And anyone on Twitter, if you use that photo with Luis Robert getting hit in the head and Eloy Jimenez in the background like he's a Jedi ghost, please delete that. (laughs) Please delete that. That's my favorite photo, man. I love that shit. Easily the funniest photo I saw last week. (laughs) Hysterical. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Sox fan. It's like the goat. And I liked it. <laughs> if someone posts it on Twitter, I'm just going to like ghost reply. Of yeah, I'm just going to reply, please delete this. Cease and desist. <laughs> I think he did that uh, to honor Eloy, actually. That was uh, that was his thing. Shout out, Jose Canseco. Did you see Jose Canseco replied to it? Mm-hmm. Or he quote tweeted that thing? Did he really? What did he say? I don't remember what. Yeah, I don't remember what he said, but it was something like, nice work, kid, or something like that. <laughs> He's like, at least my win for a home run. True. <laughs> Dallas Keigel, I mean, two starts, not doing too good. Uh, you think he's going to bounce back? I, I like Keigel a lot. I think his stuff plays really well to get out you know, deep into his career. It's just, you know, those guys that are like soft tossers at this point, it's it's hard to say. Like sometimes they're just not going to have it or sometimes the book's going to be out on them. It just depends on the lineup really. Like I know he's really, really good against the Cubs and historically because we don't hit soft shit well. You know, they don't hit change-ups well. So it's just going to really depend on matchups. But the good thing about Keiko is you don't need him to throw seven innings especially if the bullpen is going the way you want it to. Five innings of work, six innings at the most, and you turn it over the bullpen. As long as he limits, you know, he limits hard contact, so you're giving yourself a chance to win. So I don't think it's time to worry about him. He's a pro. He's been there on all the levels. He's won. So he's a guy that you can rely on down the stretch, I think. 
Yeah, plus I think if they even slot him as the third pitcher, even though they, I know they want to have it righty-lefty-righty with Giolito, Keiko, and then Lance Lynn, but even if they slotted him as uh-huh. the third pitcher, we'd still be good because if you look at the AL, not a lot of teams have like crazy pitching or staffs or anything of that nature. Well, I actually like him bookend by uh, Giolito and, and Lynn just because, uh, just like you said, Bowling. You know, if you have to use your your bullpen, it's it's good to use them right in the middle. You figure Geo and Lynn could go long, so you're not going to use your bullpen most likely for them. So it's good to use them for Dallas if you need them. Plus, run support from your Minator, You know, there you go. <laughs> he's he's easily the best player in the league right now. Then you, oh yeah, without a doubt, he won Player of the Week last week, and he he started off the like door. he's he got another homer today. He's a freaking he's a freaking folk hero, dude. Like he's just unreal. And I'm here for it. Like, I don't root for the White Sox at all. Everybody knows that. But a story like that, like, that's just unreal, man. I've been on some of those buses before, and that shit's trash. I did that shit for, like, six months. I'm like, bro, this is definitely not, not going to pay no bills. Like, I got to get a job. <laughs> yeah, rumor has it that home run still hasn't landed. Bowling, what, yeah, it was a moonshot. Bowling, what, what were your numbers like in that in that league? I, I did pretty well, man. I, I don't remember for sure, but I had a bunch of steals. I walked a lot. That was kind of my game, just like get on base and, and create havoc. And I didn't. I did enough to like hang around and play more. I just ended up getting a job offer at MLB, and it was like the best job I had gotten to that point in my life. Obviously, so I'm like, I, I can't risk a potential career changing opportunity to sit on these buses and make 300 bucks every month, like. It's just not worth it. Yeah, you got to definitely have the love of the game to keep doing that. Yeah, bro. I mean, really, like there was a bunch of guys that I met that had, you know, family businesses that they would do in the off season, or they would have these side jobs that they would do just to get back to the, to like opening day and shit. And it's like, I don't have any of those things. So I got to go get a fucking job. You know? like, I can't come home every day saying like, all right, the 600 bucks in the in season is going to allow me to save shit. Like, I was using that money to like buy food on the road and shit. Like it's tough. You have to be a, you have to be a, a very determined individual to, to And Mercedes is living proof that you can get there. It's just a long, hard road and you got to take your lumps. Yeah. That was kind of a big, uh, a big topic on Twitter a couple of weeks ago was, uh, I forgot who was it, but they brought up the whole thing where like, Oh, if you're, if you're, if you're not willing to, to take a, a non-paid internship, you don't really love, you don't really love that whatever industry you're trying to get into and shit. And that person got hit with a lot of backlash just they because ratioed. Yeah. It's because there's a bunch of people in that position that, that can't do that. They can't just do stuff for free just because it's a quote unquote requirement mm-hmm. or, uh, or you got to pay your dues and, and, you know, and, and put your hours in before you get any type of uh, reimbursement just can't happen that way anymore. Well, just like uh, Jordan when he was in the Barrens, yeah. you know, do you, you know, you hear the stories that mm-hmm. you know he stayed in those shitty ass motels that you know everybody liked him for it, you know. Yeah, and we talked about this in like one of our first episodes. Might have been the first episode where it's like, by the time we had come up, we were like, all right, the difference is a lot of kids aren't doing internships because they don't want to, you know, not be paid. And if we were living in 1975 and 80, that was how they. Did it so I understand the back and forth, but I mean I, I just know that if I have another opportunity, I'm going to take the paid opportunity because shit, like you know, we got bills, we got apartments that we need to live in, we got to eat. Like I can't understand if there's all this money out there why people need to do these internships for free. Now, if it's something that 
it's kind of like a passion and you have a, you have the means to kind of cover yourself. I get it, you know, take that extra opportunity, but those opportunities are few and far between. So I have no problem with, you know, the guy saying like, shit, I need to get my money because that's life, man. You got to have money to pay for shit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just unrealistic to, to think that people are going to do those unpaid internships that they're going to stay in those like low class, um, like like buses when it comes to baseball and try to have the love of the game pay their bills like that shit ain't gonna work you know unless you got rich parents or a good obp like you're not gonna make it out of there (laughs) yeah the other thing that people don't really talk about a lot is like you're playing in these minor league even all the way up to triple a at times like you're playing and that you got sold out crowds at these small ballparks but after the game you're eating like hot dogs that were just like left over they're not getting like treatment that they should and these are guys that you know are talented enough you know once triple a you're just a phone call away from the bigs like you're an injury away from getting to the to the promised land and that's why when you hear like guys going down there on assignment after rehab you know injuries they're buying steak dinners for the team they're taking the guys out to eat and drink and do whatever because they know what it's like to be in that position where you're like trying to sleep in the aisle of a fucking bus because you got seven hours from Chicago to Pennsylvania. Like it's a grind. It's terrible stuff. Really. And I, I hope that one day there's enough money allotted to make it, you know, even and like make it so it's not so brutal. Cause this shit is pretty rough. Like the idea of playing baseball for a living sounds like the greatest thing ever, but until you're in there and you're eating shitty food and not really getting respected the way you want to be, like it takes a real fucking tough person. You know who else is a tough tough person? Brooks Kepka with what he has like a shattered fucking like ankle or something or a fucked up knee. You see him trying to pick up fucking trying to pick up a golf ball. Yeah, and he was doing the stanky leg. He's <laughs> <laughs> You know he's got a plus four hundred to to make an eagle. Really? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, he's he's playing through pain and he's gonna beat Bryson DeChambeau with one leg, which really annoying for all the hype that that guy gets. I think that's a badass name. Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah. That's just a golf name. Oh, yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. He's like in DeChambeau's right now. <laughs> he's plus, Ooh, I like that one. He's plus that four was tied good. for 60. That was, that was good. <laughs> plus four yeah. tied for 60. Yeah, he needs to figure it out, man. All this, I want to hit the ball super far is really cool on sports science, but if you can't hit the ball straight, you're not really doing much, so... We'll see if he's able to bounce back tomorrow because I know a lot of people drank the Kool-Aid and I stayed away this week. I'm going to watch a ton of Masters all weekend and I'm glad that I didn't pick him because he laid a fat-ass egg today. He did not play well. So I'm not a big golf guy, but I'm guessing there has to be a prop bet of how many times they're going to mention Tiger Woods' name, right? And you got to hammer the over. I mean, they probably already cleared the over by then. Right. (laughs) That's to be a big number for that, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is somewhere. Um they have a quota. But it's like, just, you know, I mean, like I think ten times minimum. for sure. They have to, <laughs> especially because it's not like he he's not playing because he wasn't good enough. It's like not playing because he got in a car accident. So it's the sentimental factor is there. Or it's just like, man, we miss Tiger. So I'm sure they'll hammer that home. I mean, Sunday you'll clear everything for sure because if all the golfers wear red again, which they might, you know, oh. Sunday Tiger is a big deal. Yeah, especially at the uh, Masters. That'll come I mean, up. 
dude, it'd be hilarious if they went completely tasteless and they were like a deep, fast drive. You know who else was going fast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I could say it. I almost died in a car accident, right? Yeah, he's he was bugging for that, but I'm just glad he's not dead. You know, shit. That's some scary shit, bro. They showed the the little path. I saw that on like at CBS Sports or, or CBS News or whatever. It's just like doing eighty plus on that that road was definitely not wise. I did but maybe he was late, and I drive way too fast when I'm late to something too. So I don't know. So that's what they were saying that he was late for some golf golf thing for with Drew Brees. He was on his way to a shoot, yeah, and that they actually like grab the computer that was part of the um what is it kia the black box. genesis yeah, yeah the black, black box. box yeah and it was like a, apparently the accelerator was pushed down like at 98 percent, like the entire time didn't they didn't the police report come out that he was going like 87 85 87 no 40 that's fast mm. they said he was asleep or something right they they pretty much ruled out uh alcohol yeah they said there was none of that in the system which you know what it, yeah the photos look nasty yeah, that car looked fucked up, man. I guess what I heard, too, was he might have hit the gas instead of the brake. Like, he was going too fast, and he was, just like, out of control. He just, like, tweaked. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like you would – like, if you're dri- when you're driving on Lakeshore Drive, and let's say it's 2 a.m., like, you're going home, like, you could cruise on fucking Lakeshore, but when you get to that curve, like, you got to slow the fuck down. <laughs> you could end up in the fucking water. Everybody knows that. It just that is what it is. Yeah, you yeah. must have been tripping, bro. Like, you're gonna, fuck it. I'm you're going to end up in that Drake Hotel lobby. <laughs> no, but you know like, what? If you're going too fast, you're going to end up on the beach. AJ Hawk from the uh, Pat McAfee show actually did have a good point where he said that he, there are times where he drives with two feet because his knee was so banged up that he could barely move it. Like, his leg was so fucked up or that his back was, like, sprained so that he couldn't really maneuver those like two inches so he was thinking maybe what happened because he did have back surgery recently didn't he maybe he he had Mm -hmm. like such bad back pain that he couldn't move his like right leg from the gas to the brake so he was driving with two feet and he kind of just went like autopilot and his brain just hit the gas instead so uh bowling who you got uh winning the masters i'm okay so i love victor hovland he was an amateur a couple years ago. Um, he went to Oklahoma State. I think he like almost won the U.S. Open or something as an amateur. And the only reason why I watch as much golf as I do is my brother. He's a he's a golfer. And he's trying to get his cue card professionally. So I've taken to it a lot more recently. And this guy's young, and he can make all the shots. Like he can hit the ball far. Like he's just got it all. He played decent today. So I'm just watching him, and hopefully he can pull it out. I put a little money on him, so if he wins, I'll be a real happy guy. But, yeah, I'm rooting for Victor Hovland. I got uh, I put a bet in for uh, Spieth, top five. I don't think he's going to win it, mm. but uh, there's some pretty good odds. So I, I took uh, Spieth, especially since he just won, and it's, like, very rare to win back-to-back, especially the Masters. So I don't think he's going to win, but. I think he'll be up there. Yeah, a lot of people seem to think that he will win because he won last week. I mean, he hadn't won in, since like 2017, I think, before last week. So he's in good form. Um, I expect him to be up there too. 
So I, I actually have the same bet in as you, top 10. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be down with Spieth winning too. I mean, it, I'd be, honestly, like betting golf for me is just waiting until the third round to see who we think is going to make a charge and putting in a live bet. Like after round three, seeing if somebody's close enough where they can overtake the leader. Because that's when you get – that's when it's really fun, like as a better. You're waiting for those last couple groups to see like, all right, this guy's going to book and maybe he'll swoop in and get some cash. I know the one guy that uh, I think is winning right now, right, Edgar? Uh, Rose? Justin Rose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's always up there at the beginning and he just starts fading every time. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, root for him or bet on him, but – uh, yeah, a lot of people probably did too. A lot of people probably said like, "All right, this is his time. He's finally going to figure it out." I mean, he was second place in 2015 or no, 2017, second place in 2019. Yeah. So it really it really seems like he gets to those last couple of days and he just chokes. <laughs> yeah, fades, yeah. Exactly. David, how long have you been watching golf? Honestly, since I started playing, which was 5 years ago. Is that the key? Because I'm trying I I watch golf and I have like zero kind of interest or excitement toward anything that really happens. I don't know shit about golf. Like, unless the only time I could find myself to watch some golf is just the last round, just because I know, like, at the end of this, there's a winner. Like, they're literally playing the same course yeah, for four see, days. Like, how, do, how can I get excited on, on a Thursday? No, it's different. Yeah, it's different when you play, especially you knowing too. how hard it is to, you know, when I first, before I started playing, I was like, ah, it doesn't look that hard. Yeah, I mean, I played baseball. I mean, it shouldn't be that much different, you know? No, it's hard. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm pretty it's good at so top hard. golf. <laughs> well that's part of the reason why i enjoy watching it too it's the same it's like i've gone out and played i played more last summer than i probably ever did in my life it's for two reasons like i finally started listening to my brother and stopped being a, a an <laughs> asshole about it and two it was like that was like the only real thing we could do you know outdoors right like right covid kind of kept everyone inside so i started playing a lot last spring and now when i watch the broadcast it's like bro, some of these shots are just unbelievable. Like I shoot, I try and just like hit the ball straight. Like that's my goal. Like these guys are not intentionally not hitting the ball straight and getting what they want. Like that shit to me is just remarkable. Like watching some of the fucking shots these guys make is just next level. So I think if you start to play and realize like how difficult some of this shit is, like it'll make you appreciate like the, the great level of play you're watching, you know? See, I'm competitive as fuck, so my thing is if I were to try to get into golf, I would end up like quitting my job to try to get good at Let's it. Let's do it, shit. dude. Well, not quit the job part, but oh, just, just just get into <laughs> golf. Just get into golf part. I, I don't know, man. Because honestly, honestly, I really just want to wear some Jordan 1s with the golf spikes Ooh. in the bottom because every time I see them, I was like, damn, those look fire. He, no, my thing is like for like yeah, an, anything, even bar games, like darts, if it's yeah, fucking Yeah, you're, you're, you're scary good at bar games. I, I'm fucking competitive. <laughs> so my thing is like, and then the only games that I'm not very like into are games that take forever. So like poker and shit, like if you're actually doing tournament style. So my thing is, you know. At a certain point, it's just going to be like me getting drunk out there and like. Well, that's what golf is. I mean, <laughs> getting drunk and playing. Yeah, I agree. Because like you're at this point, you're never going to play in like a tournament that's that. You know, like you're not going to make any money unless you're betting your friends. Are you doubting? So me? that's why I like. It. <laughs> like 
Yeah, I am. I Le- am. Lisa's like the amateur Michael Jordan, where like all you got to do is tell him he can't do it, and he's like, bet, and he just like yeah, he drops everything personally. and just starts. You're just gonna see Snapchats of me hitting a little fucking putts. <laughs> Are you gonna be like Jordan on the on the course where he's betting everything on every hole? Five K, I ain't gonna hit this shit. <laughs> who, who was a golfer that would golf out with uh with jordan that would go golfing that would call him his personal atm because he phil, kept who was it phil no I, Mickelson? I, I don't know who it was maybe it was faldo i i don't remember but he pretty much called jordan his personal atm every time they went out golfing he just because he's that competitive he's he like just racked it. money and i just heard that uh jordan's new uh golf course he just made he made it uh specifically tailored for himself so it would be harder for professional <laughs> golfers to get a better score. That's gangster. <laughs> he would do that shit, bro. That's he, awesome. He's a spiteful I, I aspire to have as much like that's petty money and like clout to just like do shit like that to my friends. That'd that, be the fucking coolest. That's shit like ever. fuck you, money, right there, man. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. To have a course, like rig the shit, rig the shit so you always win. Where do I get clubs? Uh, man, <laughs> I, I, if you're gonna start, I would go to garage sale stuff like that. I mean, you yeah, get I want shitty ones. ones though, man. I mean, you're play starting anyways. Sports, you're gonna tear them up. Is yep. it? Go to play it against sports. Get you a get you a nice little set. Go to where? And just play it against sports. Yeah, they. I think they had one over. I don't know if it's still there. I want to say 95th. Yeah, in your in Oakland. Yeah. Oakland. Yep, I've been to that one. And what they just saw you like a, a whole used, yeah like a whole used set yeah. Or you can pick. Yeah, I mean, it's usually pretty cheap, and you can pick. Like, you don't have to get a set. Like, you can pick a driver and pick a putter and shit like that. Should I go? Honestly, like, you can go to picks, and and if you want to spend like two hundred bucks, like, you can get a full set of picks for I think like two hundred or two fifty. And they're not like great clubs. You'll have every club you need. They they do sell here and there. You'll get like good deals on eBay. It's like one hundred and fifty bucks for like the whole set, and it's it's not bad. It's decent. Mm-hmm. Is that a good price range for like a starter? A yeah, starter, a starter set? set. Yeah, one fifty, two hundred. Damn, even that sounds a little. Well, that's why. And well, one of my friends. Well, truly, I mean, like the idea of playing golf, bro, is like the golf is a rich man's game. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We know that. <laughs> that's why I had all these all these tournaments. All the commercials are fucking Rolex commercials and fucking investment yeah, firm dude, commercials. Like, even but even just like on the normal person level, like you're. If you're if you're playing nice courses, you're spending 50, 60 bucks to play eighteen holes. Like I don't play nice courses because I'm just like I get so frustrated. I'm like, Look, bro, I, I paid sixty bucks for this shit. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I, I'm gonna just get a shitty set of golf clubs and then like a dope ass driver, and that's it. But, but that's bomb. what it is, especially when you're starting out. It's like you get frustrated because man, you're not getting anything, but you hit one really good nice shot, and you're like. I'm back in, baby. I'm back in. <laughs> it's heroin. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. How many balls do you go through in a in a in a round? Yeah, right. A round. That's the term. I mean, shit. <laughs> in a day, you of can golf go through a fucking ton, man. You can go through a lot. I'll just say that. What's I the mean, most like, you've gone through? I mean, I've lost like ten balls in a round before. So There's only eighteen holes, so that's <laughs> a lot more than. Like, so bring lots it's of bad, dude. Especially like when you know you're not going to like the best courses, so there's like a lot of wooded area. You're like, damn it, <laughs> you like, that one. You're yeah, like, fuck exactly. that. I ain't going in there. You're not even hitting it into water, bro. Like yeah. I play up here up north, and the first hole is like lined with people's apartments. Oh and yeah, you hit it over yeah. the fence like, in their backyard. I so I'm like, fuck. That. Here I am, just fucking knocking these guys' windows out. It's, it's true. It's like the movies. You see houses randomly and there, you know? That's what I want to do. And yeah. if I hit it to someone's backyard, I just want to talk shit if they, like, try to give me that ball. Like, I didn't hit that shit over there. You think I would hit that shit over there? <laughs> like, 
Yo, so I played in this uh I played in a scramble tournament last year with my brother and two of my buddies and on one of these holes at this country club, this guy's house has like it's like his second floor and he's got windows and there's like these fucking college kids just like sitting in the window drinking beers. And every time you walk up and you're like putting, like if you miss, they're like, Oh, you suck. Like it was so <laughs> fucked up. Talk about pressure. <laughs> You, but it was really fun. They could just like, be like a I'm gallery too. So like yeah, you hit exactly. it, and they're like, like, get in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, my, fun, my wife actually bought me, this is about two years ago, I want to say. She bought me uh, tickets to play golf at Comiskey. It was, uh, I want to say it was nine, maybe even 18. I don't remember how many holes. Uh, I took your brother with me. So that, that was pretty cool. You know who we saw too? We were walking in. Uh, Yurko was actually walking out. Oh, shit. It was it was a little drizzly, and uh, yeah. Yurko had a guy just, like, holding the umbrella for him. Like, I was like, wow. <laughs> he would. Honestly, I feel, I, feel like yeah, the, I, I feel like the reason I also never really got into, like, watching golf is because, like, I just logged onto Twitter, and someone was like, I was just informed that I have been assisted two-stroke penalty for un- unintentionally grazing the sand in my backswing on hole 15. Abraham answer and my thing is like you have motherfuckers watching you literally on TV and there's like isn't there like a hotline they can call and there, shit? there is actually that that has happened recently yeah, that where happened. people call in like oh this guy did this you know and they would penalize him like fucking H- HD TVs are just fucking golfers lives up right now huh man that's like petty I mean maybe yeah. they got money on the guy or something or... Mm-hmm. and a two stroke penalty fucking hurts bro <laughs> Hey, can I fucking call into the MLB and be like, yo, that umpire got that strike wrong, G. <laughs> like, man, their fucking phone will be blowing up. <laughs> man, Larus can't even throw the flag out for 20 seconds. You think you're going to get a phone call in that time? <laughs> no, but that that's just weird to me. It's yeah, like, they, that phone would be ringing off the hook. It's so fucking weird that someone at home can actually alter the outcome of the tournament or something, you know? Yeah, I think it happened so often that they started uh, prohibiting it. So, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So buy cheap clubs, get a shits and a balls. Yeah. Go 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 to what's it called flea markets and get a, yeah. like a bag of balls because I mean it's first time out you're just trying to have fun. And then I'm just gonna go practice at Marquette right here. Fuck it, Marquette yeah. Park. You know what? You know it's a good one. Jackson Park. They got a driving range over there and it's 18 holes. It's pretty easy. Like it's a very like beginner course, so you can have fun with it. Bring a 12 pack of beer and. Just go whack balls around, dude. This shit's fun. I mean, you'll have a blast doing it. It is so lax. I mean, I remember the first time I went and people were drinking. And I was like, oh, shit, you know? No, man, everybody's <laughs> out there. And I'm talking about 9 in the morning. You see garbage cans full yeah. empties already. Like, damn. Damn, for real? I'm telling yeah, you, Yeah, because they got, like, tea times, like, as soon as the fucking o'clock. sun comes up, right? And that's that's what was awesome. Like, like Bowling said, he went he went uh, last summer. Man, because of COVID, they had to spread it out. So, man, you had the a blast. Of course to yourself. You didn't have to rush. No one in front of you, no one behind you. It was awesome. You ever had, like, a fight out there or close to a fight? Someone's, like, behind you taking the game way too serious? See, that's the bad thing. That Like, the yeah. first thing that we fucking think about is, like, can you get into a fight? Yeah, in here? <laughs> like, yeah. for me, I'm like, who's asking I be when I'm <laughs> out there? <laughs> well, that happened to me at Jackson Park, actually. I was with my buddies, and it was, like, we, we started, like, right after work. So 4.30-ish. And this was in the middle of the summer, so we had until probably like 8.30 to finish the round. And these guys behind us were just like 
all up our ass, like fucking right behind us. Or like fucking relax, bro. Like if you tried to set your tea time after 4.30, you should have known that you might not finish the whole round. So finally, these guys walk up on us and he's like, are you guys going to keep, you know, playing all this slow? Like we're trying to get this round in. And I looked at him like, bro, you're playing at fucking Jackson Park at five o'clock. We're fucking relaxed, bro. <laughs> like you don't want to fight right now. So chill. Like we, we're all got places to be. Take your fucking time. Shut up. Because I'm like, yo, like if this was a tournament, I understand. If you're playing at this super nice golf course, I understand. Like we paid $19 to play here after 4.30. Like yep. fucking chill, yeah, bro. I was just about to say that. Secret of the pros to get there after five. Were they were they wearing polos? Hell no. This dude had a fucking like a gator hat on. Like he looked real white. <laughs> I think know, he like, was wearing jean shorts too. You know what? That's that's funny you mentioned that is as when I first started golfing, I was like, Oh man, I want to see guys in polos and I'll, and then you go and it's like people wearing jean shorts. Oh see well that's good. Because that, that that's like I had that thought too. Like fuck if I no. start golfing though, I gotta start rocking like the Nike golf shorts. shorts and people are wearing jeans, polos wearing, tucked like, in, pajamas, the windbreakers. I mean, isn't that like unless you go like to a real like you yeah, know foo foo fancy I mean, place? Tournament. That's like a real tournament. Yeah, yeah. Some country clubs will require you to wear a collar, so you just wear a polo. But like everything else is do, like whatever. Do you, can I pop my collar? Go camera. Yeah, you can. Only if it's double collar though. You Ooh. got you got to wear two. Well, I, I I bet you got some custom golf shoes, don't you? I do not. My really? brother. That's surprising because I know you, you're about to drip. And to, to you I tell will me say, that, though, there is this company, and I can't remember the name of it, but they give you spikes that you could put into your gym shoes. So for one day, I had an old pair of Jordan 1s, actually, that same. were literally about to be tossed. <laughs> telling you. And I, just, and I just screwed these spikes in it, and I played, and as soon as I got out there, all the spikes fell out. So I'm, this is definitely <laughs> But I did, I did drip with some red Air Force, or red Jordan ones, and everyone on the course was like, "Okay." And then I tossed them out as soon as I left because I fucked them up. <laughs> like I was gonna say, you had to have scuffed them up, man. No, it, it was they were they were pretty much done, bro. I hadn't worn them in years, so I was like, "Let me just try this." And it was really because I fucked up the bottom of the shoe, screwing the things in. Like they were good <laughs> for like the first six holes, and then. As soon as I got in the sand, one of them fell out. As soon as I was walking around, like it wasn't functionally the right thing, but I had fun with it for one day. Do you do you guys recommend I I like practice at the range first before getting out on the course, or you kind of just got to jump into it? Uh, I, I I actually jumped into it. Just I mean, because I can hit a golf ball. Yeah. I mean, not consistently, but most of the time I'm connecting, you know, flush, and it's going i mean yeah i would just go out there and do it man yeah the best way to learn like how to play on a course is to get out there and do it because the other thing about driving ranges is you're hitting off mats and that's really not the same oh so. yeah that's that's true because yeah. I, I went out first uh to the course didn't do well at all i went in the driving range like two weeks later and i was killing it i was like what the <laughs> hell's going on here <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the mats at the driving range aren't going to simulate you hitting off of the actual ground. But it's a good place to, like, get get used to your swing, see the ball travel, like that. I, I would equate um, it to having a corked bat. <laughs> see, I, I feel like the, the people that are always good at it are people that are able to do things repetitively well. So, like, Steph Curry, he's, he's known as a oh, good yeah. golfer for, like, a non-golfer, I would say. Well, who, um, are the, who are the best mm-hmm. celebrities? Romo, Romo, at golf. Yeah, and then like 
Pat McAfee, apparently like he's pretty good and he doesn't he said he doesn't even play that much. He's gonna try to start playing. But it's like kickers, it's like some basketball players are actually pretty good at it and shit too. It's just guys that continuously do one movement in like their entire career and then they just replicate it on the golf course. I know it's a little bit different because each spot that you are on the on on the range it's gonna be different, but I'll tell you what it is, man. The the long and short of it is if you play if you commit to playing some sort of golf a few times a week every week, you're gonna get good. It's literally just about playing a lot. That's it. Cause like I I got decent at darts, you know. I'll fuck everybody <laughs> up in here at darts. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I I can yeah I can attest to that. That's, that's that. true. Yeah, yeah, and I was busting everyone's ass before I had glasses. That's true. You <laughs> you you broke your glasses for like two years and didn't get them replaced, and he's still busting our ass and got in the in the darts at the bar. Yeah, but, and, but do you know like all the things like uh, are you like actually do you know how to play like legitimately? Like, no, yeah, oh, I'm yeah, you got to go for that like, triple twenty, baby. Exactly. Yeah, yeah stop okay. playing with me, man. Don't disrespect me like that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, some people they're like, we have PhDs uh, right now, man. We yeah. talk the about bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. Yes, I won. No, no, it's funny because I was talking shit this past weekend to um our boy Cap. Shout out Cap. Uh, he was talking shit because he's just like, oh, well, you know, we haven't played darts in so long, and I think I could beat you and all this shit, right? And I'm like, dude, I used to beat you guys without my glasses. We played two games. We specifically play one game type, tic-tac-toe, because you have to hit that number a certain amount of times for it to be yours, and then you have to get tic-tac-toe. Mm-hmm. So first one, I completely bust his ass. I think it's like three turns, and I beat him. True. Second, we're playing best out of three. Second game. He actually is competitive, but then the only way that I can win is hitting bullseye four times, and in one turn I hit it twice. I'm just like, let's fucking go. Like, I'm back, baby. Damn. Cheers. And that's yeah, cheers. And that's after uh, taking a few months off of drinking, you know. And I, you know, I only play fucking darts when I'm drinking. So it's like in uh, beer fest when you're better when you're drunk. Yeah, I I know the way there. Does go- is golf? He's not that drunk. He's not that drunk. <laughs> no, no, golf, Cheeky golf is just golf is just more fun when you're when you're drinking at it. Like I've gone. Where's the line there? Where's the line before you say fuck it? This day, this day is ruined. I'm just gonna get fucked up now. So that's what you, that's what you Ain't think. No line. They, yeah, that's what you think. And then is it like the fourth hole? No, it's like you don't you don't the care. Sixth? But you know, once you hit that one good shot, you're like, oh man. I better slow down because I might have a date today. Yeah, it, 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 it could be it could be your first hole. It could be your seventeenth hole, man. You never know when you're gonna get it. But I mean, once you get it, it made your whole day worth it. That sounds fun. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I somebody, thought about golfing. Somebody call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it a shot this year. I'm gonna look for some cheap clubs. Uh, yeah, bro, do it. I'm I'm so down to go with this this group. And Yo, play around the golf. Cool. Like there's there's actually time. some cool courses around here. There's some uh like there's one on 103rd in Harlem. I think it's called Water's Edge. That one's a little hard. Oh, I played got, there. It's got they got a ton of par fives, which is super hard. Yeah, that that course is fun. I actually yes. played that course last year with a bunch of my buddies from college, and we got there at like 6:45 in the morning, and we finished the case of beer by like the sixth hole. It was unreal. We had a blast. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man. I mean, they, they look they look the other way. You know, you got your cooler and your little cart. I'm telling you, a cooler like a full blown a full yeah. ass cooler. Yeah, like you got 24 beers. You know, I mean, 48. You got two uh, two, two cases. 24, two cases. Yeah, we did yeah. look the other way. God, that sounds. The fun. car the cart girl was like 
can I can I interest you in any liquor? Right. Like, sure, why not? So that's a, that's another thing I learned. They have cart girls. So they have girls come around in skimpy outfits with and the carts. You know, I've never seen an ugly one. They're all, you know they're, they're all hot. I mean, they're, they're uh, so they you hire them on. They have to. They are there for a reason. It's probably like Hooters, where like in the job description, they specifically ask for models, right? <laughs> yeah. isn't, isn't that the thing? Like in the Hooters waitresses, they're mm-hmm. not like the job. The job application isn't for a server; it's for like a model. So that way they can mm-hmm. like hire you based on your looks and oh, not oh. get you know, yeah, a discrimination, discrimination lawsuit yeah. and all that shit. God bless America. But but I will say this about the <laughs> the, the the food at, at the food at uh, golf courses. I've never sucks. had I've never had a better hot dog. Any golf course you, you go to, fucking yep. take fast, that back, fast my guy. Hot dog have you golf. ever been to Home Depot? No, go to. Any have you golf ever been course. to Home Depot? Go to any golf course. They have the best hot dogs. You know what they do say that about the Masters too, and I heard it's like insanely cheap at the Masters. It's Fuck, like the Masters. I saw that. I saw that tweet. Yeah, with the prices of like the it's like two dollars, and yeah. you got a fucking yeah. Good beer's ass like two bucks. Oh, word. Yeah, <laughs> damn. The Masters. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't like tickets like fucking a grand or some shit like that? Or they, don't they have to like let you in or something like that? It's like a club, right? Yeah, you have it's to be invited. See, excuse me. You know what? I'm just gonna get my hot dog at Home Depot and then head over to Marquette with my fucking garage sale golf clubs, and I'm gonna hit about a hundred balls and lose them all, and I'm gonna be all right with that at least for now. What I'm learning. You and yeah, yeah. You that sounds like, like a delivery. good Saturday, bro. I'm telling you, man. You guys are starting to convince me. I mean, I'm not. I'm not exactly a golf hater. I'm not like. Opposed to golf, it just doesn't excite me like oh, everyone else. I, I, I was the same. I was the same as you, man. I had the same thing. It looks boring. I'm gonna be bored out here. Yeah, I feel like the, like how you guys were saying the group that you go with matters because I feel like if we went and I think Bowling said like you'd be down to go with like this group. I feel like if we went one, we're gonna booze heavy, heavy. Win or lose, we booze. But then the other True. thing too is like I said, I'm competitive, so you know it's gonna be like my first time out, and I'm be so like, am I though. Yeah, I'll be like, I bet you I'm going to fucking beat your ass right now. Like, I'm going to lose, <laughs> but I'm going to fucking try my damnedest to Honestly, beat you, I, you know? I think you can be really good at golf. It, it's, it's, just knowing it's you. It's pretty cool. There's, you know, every group has their own little set of rules. I've been with groups where it's like, all right, if you don't hit it past the white, you know, you got to drop your pants, you know, which is, yep. you know, I mean, sorry, the pink. Yep. If you don't oh. hit it past the pink, you know, which is uh, the ladies, uh, Tia, you know, you got to drop your pants. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to learn yeah. how to play There's golf. So Jesus Christ, learn that are super fun out there. After so start, we should set it up. I have oh, yeah. to start an OnlyFans when I fucking play <laughs> golf. <laughs> hey, you got to support your hobby somehow, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, well, bowling. It's been a ton of fun, man. Now before we uh, before we get out of here, we obviously you, you know the vibes, man. It's a it's a Thursday slash Friday show, so we got to get your whiskey pick for the weekend. Is there anything you see on the board, Mister Br Betting, that you like to contribute to the whiskey picks? Yeah, man, I, I'm gonna go with Kevin Holland to win by knockout in the UFC this weekend. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people obviously know that he's taking this fight on very short notice. He just fought. So I figure, why not roll with the guy who just said, fuck it, I want to make another check. I'm trying to get some more wins in the UFC, get my name out there. So I hope he gets this knockout. And, yeah, I'm not sure what the odds were, um, but I'm assuming that they're probably pretty decent since he's fought just like a couple weeks ago. So that'll be my pick, Kevin Holland. Make me proud, man. By knockout, though, you said, right? By KO, baby. Plus 400 for Derek Hunt. Derek, uh, Boom, that's good-ass value. For Kevin Holland, I mean, you got to pick. Yeah, uh, just looking it up. Uh, I know uh, 
Sox are off, so they cease uh, pitches Saturday. Uh, go a little risky, do them parlay. Let's parlay uh, cease. Well, not cease. The Sox winning. I think he'll come back. Well, he better hope. And uh, let's go with uh, <laughs> let's go with Nets beating Lakers. Nets beating the Lakers and that looks good. Sox yeah. Sox money line. Yep. My pick is actually going to be Celtics minus eight and a half against the Timberwolves tomorrow. That's tomorrow, Friday or Saturday? Friday. So if you're hearing this on a Friday, jump on that now before the weekend. Celtics minus eight and a half, mm-hmm. you said, over who? Over the Timberwolves. All right, and my whiskey pick for the weekend, I'm going back to it, Cubs Pirates, but I'm not going money line. I'm just going to take the over. I'm not sure what the number is yet, but generally it's usually, you know, eight to nine-ish. So I'm going Cubs Pirates over on the runs. All right, well, to recap our whiskey picks, Bowling's going with Kevin Holland for the knockout. David is going Nets over Lakers, also parlaying that with the White Sox money line. And Lee's is going Celtics minus eight and a half. Over the Timberwolves. Over the, I was about to say, I'm like, what the fuck did I write I there? I don't know. <laughs> Celtics minus eight and a half over the Timberwolves. And I'm going Cubs Pirates over total runs. Bowling, it was great having you on the podcast again, man. Let Good luck with everything at BR. Let me hold a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you going to get a stipend to like, make bets and stuff, or what's what's going on there? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's called his paycheck. <laughs> I think that I'll just continue. I can, yeah. They give him I a mean, paycheck for like two fifty. Spend on like, bets, anyways. They give him a check for two fifty, and they're like, "Here you go, turn it into your whole check." It's gonna right. be like the Manny Machado contract, where it's like <laughs> incentives. You can be a millionaire. No, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, this has been fun. I'll definitely stop back by. Um, you guys are killing it. Just continue what you're doing. Shit sounds great, and yeah, I- I'll throw in some whiskey picks, and if you want to just announce them on the air, that'd be great. Yeah, no, I think I've never hit a whiskey pick. So you did. It was just like three weeks late. <laughs> Yeah, you remember when we, we, we threw out the uh, Bulls versus the threw out Raptors. Bulls Raptors, and that's the weekend they got canceled, but then they played it like a week later and you hit it. <laughs> nice. So if you want to count that as <laughs> and then a I got screwed, And then I get screwed by the alternate spread tonight, so life came full circle. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, man. All right. So I don't need to repeat it most likely, but in case you guys don't know, you can follow Michael Bowling on Twitter at MikeAlexBowling. You can also follow... Yap Chicago on Twitter at Yap Chicago underscore. And uh, don't forget to give us a call at 312-985-6006. If you got any golfing stories or some your own picks over the weekend or what you guys got going on, we want to hear all your takes. We'll play them. It might get you on, on the podcast itself. We'll invite you in the studio. I get to call in and leave voicemails now, bro. I'm about to spam you guys. You can only do it if you're drunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Well, most of the time I am, so this is perfect. <laughs> perfect. And hopefully pretty soon we'll be drunk on a golf course. Oh, that's what I was going to say. we got to get on that course. Exactly. I'm very down. And we'll, since you weren't able to make it out today, Bowling, we'll make sure to bring some food from 47th Street Bistro so that you can have it on the golf course too, you know? Perfect. Just what I need to slow my swing down anymore. <laughs> Nothing like a case of beer and some 47th Street Bistro. I told you I'm competitive. At it's 7 in the morning. <laughs> I'm competitive. I'm trying to give y'all a heart attack and fucking all the booze. <laughs> Step over us like Ty Lu. Oh. All right. So make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And 
if you haven't already, if you if you guys listen to this podcast on Apple, please leave us a review uh, and a rating. It'll go a long way toward the podcast. It'll get us into the algorithm. Like Lee said last time, I'm not quite sure what that means, but I know it's a thing. And I know the rates and reviews do help our podcast. Tell a friend if you guys enjoy the podcast because we're trying to grow this. We're trying to, as you can, as you guys heard today, we're just here to have fun and bullshit and talk about sports and just hang out with our friends. And that, that's how it starts. You know, you get a friend, get another friend in, in it. They introduce another friend, and that's how it blows up. And shout out our first what? guest that actually talked into the mic today. Let's fucking go. For real. Let's oh, go. Big round of go. applause to oh, David. Yeah. Because what, do I, what do I earn? I heard uh, I earned some kind of shot. What kind sh- of shot? Montezuma shot. Oh, 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 it's your favorite shot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was a setup. Oh man! All right, so for <laughs> what a nightmare! <laughs> All right, so for for bowling, for Lee's, for David, I'm Edgar Perez. Thank you guys so much for listening to Yep Chicago. The Y and Yep is not for Yerman. Yerman, attention, please. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs>